Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Rack Podcast, the Welsh Regional Rugby Appreciation Pod, where we try to cover all the important issues on and off the field in Welsh Regional and National Rugby. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, all of that information is at the end, so you'll just have to bear with us and get to that bit. In the meantime, enjoy this week's show. Okay, so welcome to uh, to the second edition this week of the Rap Podcast and the usual crew are here, Carwin, Jamie and Reese, and joining us this evening, our very special guest. I say very special, he's very, very special. You're a Scarlet fan, this guy's an absolute legend. If you're a Welsh fan, this guy's an absolute <laughs> legend as well. So uh, welcome to the pod, Rupert Moon. Evening, Rupert. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a long day, <clears throat> so I'm a little bit hoarse, and, but um, I'm all good. Looking forward to having a chat with you guys. Good man, good man, good man. Thank you. So, obviously, we've got you know the Australia game from last week to to talk about. But before before we dig into that one, I was I just watched the extended highlights of the the ninety two game against Australia. Well, the the Australia game. Well, what memories have you got of that game? Uh, like twenty odd years or thirty odd years later, thirty. Yeah. 30 years ago, so 14th of November 1992. It's a long time ago. Um, look, uh, it, it's forever etched in, my, etched in my memory, as many of my mates, including Colin Stevens and Ian Evans, you know, they uh, both were instrumental in that that, that match for, for turning the tide, for making a difference, for being wonderful. Uh, exponents of the game in front of a packed crowd. But it was... I joined the club in 1990, and it, it kind of it, we were a young side with um, a few old heads, including Lawrence Delaney and and Phil Davis, um, and they just got the blend. And what Gareth Jenkins and Alan Lewis were able to do was get the mix right. It's always hard when you're transitioning a group uh, with an older crew that had been going in the late 80s to bringing in a, a younger early 20s group, and that was. 
that was cleverly done uh, over a period of time. And in 92-93, it kind of, that was the best it kind of got for a, for a long time before and a long time after. <laughs> uh, you know, in that, in that year, I think uh, we uh, played 22 league games and we beat, ele- won 11 games by 40 plus points. Uh, and we scored 100 and odd, 130 odd tries, 900 points in the season. Our style was to play, and we had continuity guys like Lynn Jones and Mark Perigo and Emmy Lewis, you know, uh, and then, you know, a back line with, you know, I would say um, Jamie Roberts esque. Simon Davis was the original Jamie Roberts, but we had fluidity with Nigel Davis and Colin Stevens and gas out wide with Proc and, and Yai. And so, you know, we were consistent in uh, with selection, but also they were, uh, there were some young players who were brave and bold that came into the group as well, like Boobia Brothers uh, over a period of time as well. So, yeah, fond memories of the day because it was, I didn't drink uh, after the game because I remember Benny telling me after 72 uh, he didn't remember anything about it because they got so drunk after '72. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, we knew we we knew we were, bizarrely you get, and I, I'm sure as, as supporters or players, you get a a sense that you're gonna you're always gonna win on certain days. You just know it's uh, whether you're you know you're uh, you're in the pub, or you just feel it's right. It's the same exactly on the morning of a game. You know. It's it's your day, regardless. And uh, that morning, we, there was you know Benny was around, Grav was around, you know Gareth was doing his inspirational team talk uh, at the Ashburn, and and so the the the, the stars were aligning, and uh, we knew it was our day, and uh, we'd seen how uh, others had been successful against them. But don't forget, I think Clearly have, have beaten Australia four times, I think, and drawn once. So not many clubs, I would say, whether that's Swansea, Neath or Cardiff, in the history of uh, of them have beaten them four times. So uh, it was a um, yeah, special day and one that I'll never, ever, 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 ever forget. And I, I can't yeah. remind you that the people in my friend circle, I haven't got that many friends. So they, they don't allow me to repeat it. So it's quite nice to be able to say that was what happened um, on that special day. And so, do you think it was better back then, you know, when it when it was clubs as it is as it was then compared to being regions now when they were support I personally I think they were supported more then than they are these days? Yeah, look it it's it's the game is basketball and netball to me, uh, as it the evolution I played pre professionalism and I you know, had that uh post ninety five experience and then coming back to play for Graham Henry in ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one. And the the game is has changed beyond all recognition, you know. To yeah. today, I think the the modern supporter is um, demanding entertainment, quite rightly. Uh, it's that we're in the entertainment business now. You know, you you pay your money and you want to be entertained. Yeah, winning yeah. is nice. Yeah, winning is is important. But actually, if I'm bringing my family, I want to I want to sp- see a spectacle, and um, I think. Where you get away with it is you, is Gatland's decade of and more of success. We didn't play particularly glamorous stuff, but we won. 
<laughs> no one remembers how we well we do remember because we kicked a lot, we tackled a lot, we ran straight a lot, <laughs> but it was successful and we don't we don't mind then. And so yeah. I think the supporters in the it was it's a, you know the the supporters were passionate because it was their way of life. It was uh, you know it was a it was you know you're brought up you're born into it. And I think now we're there's a lot of competition for entertainment on a Saturday, Friday night, Sunday. And so now it's more than just winning. And so yeah. I think there's always going to be a, a difference. I think, yes, we can say the best of times are then, but you know, I, I remember, um, you know, the, the Scarlets have had some memorable victories in professionalism, you know, one under Pivac when we hadn't won for, we won anything for years. And, and we won the, you know, in 2017, that 46-22 Pro 12 win. I, I was there. I was singing... Uh, in the stand uh, at, at the top of my voice and I've still got the, the video of us all being together and what a special occasion that was so uh, you know uh, when I've when I think back people have connections and big wins and it's just cyclical but it is more entertainment now we expect more for our money yeah so when, when, you, when you're talking about it, it was like 92 on the risk of making you sound old um, <laughs> I, 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 I am old I, I, Fifty-four, right? <laughs> so I'm nearly, I'm nearly forty-seven. But uh, it was back then. It was either ninety-two, ninety-three, or ninety-four. And I was down this day. Was doing a course, a rugby course, and you came down with Colin Stevens and Emmy Lewis down to St David's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gave I love a, St David's. A, a, yeah, afternoon on the pitch there. Um, yeah. Special times. Andy Smith crap. was a mate of. Yeah, Andy Smith, uh, a journalist, is a mate of mine and lived, used to live in St. David's and uh, had fond, fond memories. And I still go back. I, I'm hopefully going back soon in the caravan to White Hands. So, oh, why not? Be there. Down there. <laughs> yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I frequented the uh, the pubs of St. David's in the variety of clubs, including Nancredi. I even watched Nancredi play for St. David's there as well. So, yeah, fond memories of those and, and, and visiting clubs in our, in that, Area because it was even even though it wasn't regional, it was regional. You know, we we yeah. we spanned large areas of West Wales uh, with an expectation all clubs would love us, but obviously there were some where they had a different connection, like Cremich or Cardigan, that had for all, for all the right reasons had players that had driven past us on the M4 and gone on to Neath. You know, John Davis being one, Kevin Phillips being another, so they had a natural well, I- affinity. Funny if I used to get a lift with John Davis, Ken Phillips, and Brian Williams up to me. I did it. I was training for about six weeks back in the day. Well, um, that one season I had with Meath, I would have stayed there forever. Uh, it, it, by the, the grace of God, I uh, I moved on. But in that eighty nine ninety season, I don't think I made a tackle. You know, I had Jeremy Pugh, Brian Williams, <laughs> Kevin Phillips, John Kembury, Mark Jones, Lynn Jones, Roland Phillips. You know, the, the Hugh Richards, you know, it was a formidable Jeremy Piggy Pew. You know, I, I remember scoring five tries against my Steg away. And it, they were just because uh, the, the, I die, dove in the scrum and I was asking Mark Jones a question. And unfortunately, as we've all read his book, wasn't there, wasn't able to answer quickly <laughs> enough. And I love Mark. <laughs> and I love Mark to death, you know. And uh, But I was looked after well. But if Johnny Griff hadn't gone north, the opportunity hadn't changed and Ron hadn't become coach of Wales and Bridgie hadn't had that next opportunity. I might, I might have been there for, for 10 years. So well, um, I think it was, it was Rodri Jones 
was playing scrum half the time Neath Plates of Africa, I think. I, yeah, I'm not sure. Right I can't remember if Chris Bridges was on the bench. Oh, gosh, yeah, it was amazing. But, uh, in that year, I was on the bench against New Zealand. It was a, I was on the bench with a white shirt with a black band. That was that the nut grabbing one. Because I was on the bench. <laughs> I was on the bench that day. The bench against New Zealand, where we scared New Zealand. That was with me. Yeah. We scared New Zealand. <laughs> Quite rightly, so. <laughs> we scared many people that year. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what did you make of the game on on Saturday then? then <clears throat> uh, look, I, I played two hundred and seventy-two times for for. Uh, McCleffy Scarlets and I played a, a few seasons with Abertillery and uh, that one with Neath and I, uh, you have games where everything's going right and then suddenly for for a number of different reasons it starts to go south and that's where you need to put your foot in the ball and experience uh, in the group is really important and I think there was a couple of things that stood out for me one was that decision uh, before half time to go back blind and I'm always obviously aware of eight nine, and to go back blind when they were down to thirteen, I think it was just before half time was a critical choice. And now <clears throat> I don't know who made the call, whether it was eight nine or ten, to go back blind. But that was a that was a game I felt was a, a tipping point there. If we'd have gone open, trucked it up the middle, same way, same way, uh, like Pierre Villepreux always used to say, keep going, keep going. They'd have run out of players, and maybe we'd have scored. It was a choice to go back blind. And there's, when you're down to 13, all you're thinking about is come back blind, please, because you want that's the easiest place to, to defend. So that was a, a really uh, big decision by whoever. I'm not pointing the finger at any of the three. They'll all know. Um, and then taking off experience in the second half. Yeah. Obviously, uh, you know, you're, we never, I don't think we'd ever got above 30 points against Australian history. Of Welsh rugby, and then to to get to that point, you know, twenty one points up with twenty minutes to go, you think well, you're going to do all right here, and so you sh- you take off over a couple of hundred caps. <laughs> you take off a couple of hundred caps. Oh, now, yeah, that's where I suppose experience in the room, as in the coaching room, is um, probably you you go well. You put your foot on the on their throat and go for the jugular and go, let's go 50? Or do we give experience and miles on the clock because we've got a World Cup? So you need to, that balance. And I, I think hindsight is a wonderful thing, you know, and I'm not, I, I'm coach of Tumble and uh, under 18s, you know, and I, I've been coaching <laughs> Tumble since, uh, you know, under eights before that, you know, I did a bit with Nankin but it, I could never be a proper coach, you know. I got proper, I got, a, I got proper coaches either side of me. But to make those decisions, you need to have that experience in the room, and you only get experience, unfortunately, by getting experience, good or bad. And I think looking long term, giving people some extra caps and opportunities will stand you in good stead for a World Cup when you might need them. <laughs> because of injuries and you might need players to have that confidence of a victory against, a, you know, Australia, uh, who were a wounded animal. And, you know, they were on their last legs, they're battered and bruised, don't they, coming into that game. And so significantly experience left the field for injury or for uh, substitutions. And I think that's where the ship wasn't steadied enough 
when we needed it enough. Mm. But that's easy to say now. Mm. So, do you think? Do you think we'd have probably gotten away with it if it hadn't have been for the Georgia results? Do, do you think that that's um, kind of playing on people's minds more than the Australia uh, one? No, I, th- I think we're we're um, I think we're a bit bat- battered and bruised. We need our experienced players that we're hoping to hang on to until the World Cup um, to have had a bit of a run, half penny, um, you know, to be able to have. Alan Wynn able to do what he needs to do. Ken is, you know, Ken hasn't, hasn't played, you know, he's come back and he's walked straight into it, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's a bloke yeah. running through brick walls and you know, when he, has, he hasn't had any continuity of, of play. We chucked in Dan Lydiot and broke him. You know, you've got Anscombe who has, who's coming back. We broke him. You know, there's a, there's a lot of experience in the room that we've, we've bashed and bruised because we had to. Because we, you know, the the fear off the back of the Six Nations losing to Italy, then doing okay in South Africa, but we understood what that was about. They were looking to balance, and so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a, a false dawn, but it was an opportunity. Um, and then Georgia just put the wobbles on, and in some ways, you wanted Alan Wynn to play in the Georgia game because he may have just added a little bit more. Leadership, because yeah, yeah, and it, it when it when it uh, when it gets a bit rocky, mm. if you've got miles on the clock, you've experienced a rocky rocky situations. I played in Mountain Ash away, I played in Kendrick Hill away, <laughs> and we won twelve. We played twelve nine or thirteen nine, you know, and we went on to win the cup those years. But you've got to you've got to have a cool head, and you've got to be able to have someone to look in your eyes and go, "Well, we're okay here. We can do this because I know we can because." I've experienced it before, yeah. and, and and that's where the pay. Yeah, yeah, but I've lost games. I lost, you know, to Nanty Fufflon away for Abertilleri. I'll never forget. Then it's still up in their clubhouse because we weren't able to keep composure. We panicked under pressure. We made the wrong decisions and rushed. You know, like I'm saying about going back blind. You know, those are the experiences you won't forget. I still remember Dyfelin picking the ball up at the base of the scrum and winning forty yards. For Flatley against Ebba Vale. I'll always follow the ball around the scrum. To this day, I still follow the ball around the scrum. So you've got to have the discomfort because at the end of the day, what matters to me is a World Cup. Mm-hmm. That's anything. So it goes World Cup, Six Nations. We, we win a lot of them. We won more than we more than them than we ever have in the history of Welsh rugby. So we've we've done all, we've done all right with those. The Holy Grail is that World Cup. So selfishly. I want us to add a painful experience. We're playing Georgia again. We won't make the same mistake when we play Georgia again in the World Cup, will we? Not because of how we did it this time. So you've got to have pain, unfortunately. You're going to feel failure. You're going to have failure to know what to do next time. Absolutely. Are are you saying then that probably Pivak staying with obviously I mean social media has just gone nuts over the last <laughs> couple of weeks with is he staying is he going and we're all checking the phones every 20 minutes to see if there's an update <laughs> and all of this kind of, yeah. but you know I and the guy must be under a massive amount of pressure right now to you know something's got to change and, and all of that so are you saying he'll will be better for it if he stays or Look, I was, the, I was the recipient of winning the championship in 94 with Wales to then getting left out of the World Cup squad in 95. You know, we got rid of Alan Davis. We'd qualified for the World Cup. 
Um, we did all the hard yards. I played against Spain in, in Madrid. Rob Jones played uh, against Portugal and we had 100 on. And that was no fault of our own from 91. None of us were involved in that debacle. And then 95, we sack Alan Davis for, for whatever reason. Even though we just won the championship the year before, we'd done okay in 95. Sacked him and then brought Alex Evans in. Eight of us were left out. And then it was a particularly painful 95 World Cup. Then we wobbled around a bit. And then in 99, we had another pretty awful, difficult, horrible World Cup. And then I came back in after that. So I, changing a coach at this period of time isn't always the right, the right thing to do. Because in the nicest way, you've got what you've got. And I don't think there's 10 players outside of this group uh, this time, that are being not selected. I think we met, we dilly rallied around with our tens. Sheedy, Sam Davis, you know, we've had Jared Evans, you know, with Costello, you know, we've we've had a we've had a we've had a few, used a few. So I think eighty players have they in this in Wayne's time. Now that's either a sign of insanity or a sign of sanity, because he's got a broad base of people that have play, have got experience. You know, as they talk about flooding players with caps, get them that experience. Um, and then it's him having a this plan of utilising what he's got. You've only got what you've got. I think, like he said, he'll also have, at the World Cup, he'll also have eight weeks prior to the World Cup with that group of players, you know, rather than a week or two weeks. Look, um, we get, Wales gets uh, a different type of access to England. I think we get a bit more, except for the non-English, uh, for the ones who are playing in England. So the bulk of our players are together. I just think it's, uh, it, I'm not making any excuses at all, because, you know, you've got, as I said, there's a core of senior players we were hoping and praying are going to get us, give us one more World Cup, you know, in key positions. You know, Anscombe, Alan Wynn, Ken Owens, Lee Halfpenny, there's the, the spine of a side that you were hoping that was able to be there. Liam Williams, hoping that we could get them there. You know, you wanted or a, an informed Gareth Davis, you know, who was flying in the last World Cup. And I went to Japan and I saw, that, you know, how that group were believed in it because they had confidence and experience of winning and losing. And so they knew. And I think that's where we just haven't had, you know, we're playing Sam Wainwright who's a lovely kid and from North Wales. And I, I'm so proud he's made it, but he needs to get miles on the clock. <laughs> he needs to be playing, you know, for now he'll be playing for the Scarlets and playing every week to learn his technique, you know, and he, he, he's doing wonderful things, but he's, he's 20, what, 22? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's a, I think where we are building towards the World Cup, I think he needs a bit of a bit of luck. And am I saying, should Wayne stay? I think the people, I don't know whether there's a big five anymore that do the review because everybody's talking about the review and I don't know who's doing it. So it's either themselves or is it, is it Nigel Walker, the head of performance? Don't know what his coaching background. I know he's a player, he was, he was quick and I played with him. Um, it's, I don't know who's doing the review because back in the day you'd have four or five experienced coaches, I think, uh, that would do that review. And then that, that analysis would ha happen now, I guess. Um, but it is about, if, if he goes, 
dead. Who's, in, who's available? Can we afford him? And what's he going to do differently between now and then? Mm. It's the same group of players <laughs> in the reality. Is he going to magic up? Because people are talking about Warren and people moaned about Warren Ball, didn't they? They used to moan about the fact that he would truck it up with Jamie and then we'd truck it up with Toby and we'd truck it up with Dan and we'd you know, bash everybody and they were, we were big and, and it was boring, but it was successful. Or we'd kick it down with Lee, Burn or Penny, and we'd boot it down and then we'd do the Sean Edwards. We'd all go up a line and then we'd smash them to the ground and then Shane would pick it up and score or Nugget or Mike Williams and score. It, was, it wasn't, it was efficient, international winning rugby. <laughs> yeah. That's where I go back to the entertainment. That's what we had then. Now, will he be, a, if Warren came in, for, for example, is he going to be able to do that to that group? Maybe, but don't forget, he was doing that for 12 years. Mm. <laughs> and also, when Warren came in, half of them. when Warren took over from Gareth Jenkins, he had a short period of time. He went into the first Six Nations and, and they won it. So, is that because Gareth Jenkins gave James Hook their caps in Argentina? And Alan Wynn, and they gave them those opportunities. And Stephen, those players, you know, and I'm a, obviously a staunch fan of Gareth. We lost that Fiji game because we missed a couple of kicks of goal. Three, in fact, Stephen yeah. and James Hook. And if, if we'd have won that game, talking differently. And, you know, and just about James Hook, who talks passionately about the opportunity he was given by Gareth, Nigel Davis. And Alan Wynn got his first cap out there. And these guys, yeah, yeah. You ha- it goes back to you've got to give people experience of discomfort as young people or guys that they believe in. So you talk about, could you say that Wayne Pivak, when he won the Six Nations, they were always going to win it based, you know, based on the second season because of the experience they had in the group? Mm. You know? Or was it because of the sendings off? Because people say that. You know, you're down mm, to 14 yeah. players at crucial times. You know, you're winning. I think we talk about the grace of God. But you, you're winning the Six Nations and playing some decent stuff. But actually, in significant games, we played against 14, weren't we? Mm. But you, you only play what's in front of you and, you know, they're not yeah, exactly. in control of the team. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I agree. You touch on a good point as well about um, the review process, isn't it? And how the WIU at the moment seems to be quite... a like a closed shop in, you know, what they're going to do and things <laughs> like that. And I feel like that has a an impact on the players and, and, and what's going on around today and the coaches. Yeah, look, and I, Yian, one of my best mates, I'm godfather to his uh, his daughter and uh, I haven't spoken to him for a couple of months because he's been deep in it, swimming in <laughs> what, what is he doing, you know, in the last couple of years to make a difference and we always talked about him wanting to make a difference and give something back to the game because he became a superstar very young and so he 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 went off and played at the highest level and then being a British Lion and, and travelling the world and now he under you know he's got the gravitas but obviously the toughest decision he's going to have in his first week of tenure he's either going to back him or sack him <laughs> mm. yeah. and, and, and do, do you think he's going to find that difficult because he's Double hatting with the, got the lions as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, no, I don't think you, I don't think you. It, it's difficult <laughs> because 
he's going to obviously have to be part of the review process. I'm, I'm only, yeah. I am, I have no history of who's doing it. I'm, I'm presuming the guy, the higher head of performance, will be one of them. I'm presuming Yian, the new chairman, will be one of them. And I'm presuming Steve Phillips, who lives up the road for me, who I've known and I worked with uh, for a few years with the WIU, will be a part of it. I don't know if, because Dan Clements has gone now, isn't he? The the coaching guy, the guy who was no coaching idea. the coaches. I no, think he's no. gone. So I, I don't know what other rugby's in the room. There's a, you know, the board, if you're looking at the board, the guy who's got the probably the most qualifications is Anthony Buchanan, because he played at international level, and uh, you know he's been involved in you know the club game. So, but the other board members haven't got any of them have played international. But you probably know them better inside out than I do. But who's doing it? When they're doing it? Doing it? Um, mm. We all want to know. But I think if they're thinking one way. Someone in the background is going to be phoning up everybody else and saying, if that review didn't go well, would you be thinking about, um, would you be interested in doing this, that or the other with Wales? And mm. that's, I don't know who makes those phone calls. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry, Rupert, can I, um, sorry, Lee, can I just ask Rupert a question? Because oh. as we are on the WRU, oh. um, I'm sure you're aware, Rupert, there is a lot of anger, uh, you know, towards the WRU from um, fans, a lot of criticism. We know that Sam Warburton has been very critical on Amazon about the governance. We've had former players such as Jamie Roberts, Andrew Coombs, and we've had Sean Hawley come out on Scrum by. We described the WRU as a faceless organisation. In your opinion, Rupert, do you think the WRU is fit for purpose? Look, <laughs> no pressure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I got I got chastised before. I'm a you know I joined the Scarlet's board as a heritage director to try and. To protect the heritage of the the people who created the Scarlets, the uh, you know the 150 years of Lethley RFC, uh, you know, and I joined with Carol Jenkins last September, um, and in a minster, what's the Premiership? What does it stand for? Who, who's who's what? Who's doing what? Where? Yeah. And I got chastised a bit because prior to that, I'd done a, a, a ch- had a chat about the WRU. I've been a, I've been employed twice by the WRU. I worked mm. for David Moffat and I worked for Roger Lewis, and I set up and helped set up the thing in North Wales, which is still going ten years later and pr- pr- produced its first international in Sam Wainwright, which we're very, very proud of. Um, fit for purpose. Now, the key bit is you only change it if someone is going to get in and get in and change it. We can all mm. moan about it, and I keep going on about the fact that someone has to be on the committee of every club in our area in Wales. Someone has to join the committee, and it's a thankless task. I know the three or four guys that are on the tumble committee, and by being a youth coach, I sit on that now and again, and I know how hard it is to be a committee man. It's litigious. There's all sorts of there's child protection, there's health and safety. There's a million things that you've got to be doing. So it's hard. Yeah. volunteer committee man you don't get anything for it what's even harder is to be an elected representative district rep because not only have you got your committee meeting for your club but then you're expected to go to district meetings with all the other club members and then people fire questions at you and you're still alan evans from your club 
sits there and it's all the clubs around you saying, hold on, you're a district vet. Well, you're, you voted me on and I'll do my bit. And then I have to go to the sit in other meetings where I go, now I've got to sit in a disciplinary, I've got to sit on a finance and, and I ain't getting paid for this. I'm only doing it. I couldn't do it as a, do it as a job with my job now. Most mm. people are retired. Why are they retired? And why are they all retired? Because you have to give so much time. Now, I know a lot of these guys that uh, you say are faceless. They're all on the website. I know a lot of them. Their heart is in the right, their heart is in the right place. People go on about, they get a blazer. <laughs> I mean, in the good old days, they used to have trips here, there and everywhere for, for all the different for giving up everything. Probably out four nights a week. Would you be out four nights a week from seven till 11? I don't know. I wouldn't. Going to a game that's not your club every Saturday because people are going to have an opinion like we all have saying that it's wrong. So then you've got to, without the experience necessarily of being able to deal with it, come up with a plan because it's not the, you're not the best bloke in town. You're the bloke that someone else has said, oh, you'll do all right. You, you put yourself forward and go, oh, oh, you think I'll do all right? All right, then. Yeah, yeah, and he says, oh, I'll do all right. So we're all there. By, by hook or by crook, you're sitting on the board of the WRU. And Reese, Lee, Karen and Jamie have got an opinion about you, of what you've done in your history, who you haven't played for, who you haven't worked for, what you haven't done. And all you wanted to do was be a committee man for Tumble Rugby Club or Nanty Futlon or Abbott Laley. And by you... <laughs> district member on a board and someone said you're going to be on the referees and you're going to be on this why you know it's like it's it's that's our union of clubs so yeah. we can moan and groan about it and say that bloke's rubbish they're faceless they're having all sorts actually it ain't all that it's cracked up to be and there isn't a queue of people wanting to be WRU board members and I know that for a fact because they stand unopposed so can we moan about it? Can we do something about it? Yeah. Lee, Halloween, Jamie, Reese, stand. Be a committee man in your club. Stand. Be a regional one. Stand. Board of the WIU, like Yian is, who's going to be the chairman. Because I, if I said to Yai now, I'd say, everything you've done in your playing career, people are going to quickly forget. Now you're Yian, the chairman of the WIU, not Yian the lion, Yian the captain of Wales, Yian our hero. You're now the guy that has to make a decision, back him, sack him, support him, cut the regions, don't cut the regions, give him more money, don't give him more money, because it's all down to him now, because that's what we're going to say, aren't we? Yeah, but, but sorry, but so, do you think then, in our case, truly then it's integral that the community game and the programme that governors are separated, you know, and that professional people making those professional decisions? That's what Sam Woodburn is saying, that's what a lot of people are saying, you know? But I, we have a vote. So Tumble has a vote. Lankaredig has a vote. Abitaleri has a vote. And they didn't mm. vote by 7% difference to do the change. I think it was 65% or so, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so out yeah. of our union of clubs, <clears throat> we shoot ourselves in the foot because we're all saying, actually, we should separate. But there's a fear because we have what is called this wonderful parochialism. And I felt it when I was in yeah. North Wales. North doesn't like South. South doesn't like North. And I can trust me, tumble in the nicest way. And I'm not saying horribly. <laughs> doesn't isn't a big fan of Ponaberum. Clethley's not a big fan of Swansea. You know, and, and Cardiff's not a great fan of Newport. Mm. We only care 
about our club. What makes us very pro? We just care about us. Mm-hmm. And we're not internationally winning. Put it in perspective. Under Roger Lewis, who wasn't one of the most popular guys, we made more money than we've ever made in the history of Welsh rugby. We won more trophies than we ever have in the history of Welsh rugby. The history. The history. Unpopular bloke. Why? Because he was single-minded and made tough decisions and fronted up. Not necessarily the ones that we wanted to hear. And you talk to the regions and they'll go, that wasn't great what he did. Because he was just focused on what Warren wanted, which was Team Wales, which was quite right. Because the cash cow was there. If Wales aren't winning, the rest isn't any good. Because the feel is the vibe, as we know, as we're talking now. It's not great trying to get a kid to come and train, but Wales got beat by Georgia and dad's unhappy or mum's unhappy. And they're not, they're not so keen to take him to mini rugby because Wales lost and he's, everybody's sad. So well, I, it, I was it, sad, the but governance I saw it the next day. <laughs> the governance <laughs> issue is we all know the right thing to do is to separate it. Yes, we all know that. Ask Commander Blanc, who was the you know the chief executive of Aviva. That's this the new guy who's there, Matthew Wall, I think his name is. They all yeah. know that. But you've got to get us to think to us as junior clubs to believe <laughs> the union ain't going to tuck you up. Because he won't. He can't. And you, I, you know, and you, and they're you, not going to suddenly reduce everything. No, and you mentioned, like, you know, the, the regions maybe cutting a region or two. Now now that, uh, obviously, uh, Yian's in charge of the, the WIU, do you think the Scarlets would ever be disbanded? <laughs> look at oh, yes, oh, oh, <laughs> Some have a whip in. Yeah. You're right. uh, Don't answer that. If you want and it, to. And it, <laughs> don't answer that. From, from the point of view of, hey, look, whether it's four, two, one, three, six, twelve, uh, I, I, I have the fortune or misfortune for have either coached or been in administration at every level of the game from uh, Nankredig under eights when they tried to get WRU status to being the com- head of commercial at the WRU. And anywhere in between. So I've been with RGC and the Scots. So I've, I've seen it. I've felt it. I've still got the budgets. I still know the numbers. I've still got all of that aspect of it. And I know how bloody difficult it is to try and get that mix right. And if it was easy, we'd all be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think because our problem. I don't think is, it's viable, is it? No, I think our biggest problem is our main sponsor, the people who put the biggest amount of cash in, are who? Uh, fans, he... no, no, TV companies. Uh, oh, yeah. of course, yeah. Yeah, fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. you're then now asking, you're asking a TV company. What does the TV company want you to do? Show your sponsorship. It wants you to watch it on the telly. It wants you yeah. to watch it on the telly. It wants you to watch it on the telly live, ideally, which is a conflict of interest to a degree, isn't it? Now, everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, 20-odd million they give it, or whatever it is, I don't know. You're in, you've got no continuity of kickoff, so you can't give a routine. So it's Friday, it's Saturday, it's Saturday night, it's Sunday, it's Sunday evening. So we make it really difficult for anybody to get a routine, and we all love routine, don't we? We all like, at whatever time it is, Ulster, Ravenhill, 7.30 on a Friday night. Bizarrely, they still, still seem to get... Ulster, at home, Ravenhill, <laughs> Friday night. But that's about negotiations. We haven't got enough people, the right age, the right demographic, available 
at these weird and wonderful times. Mm. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday night, because we want kids, we want adults. There's 323,000 people that live in West Wales. Within a, a, a that hour and a half, if you're coming from Aberystwyth, how are you going to get there for a 7.15 kickoff? And if yeah. it's raining and we're playing, with the greatest respect, a team are not of a higher calibre on a Sunday space, afternoon, yeah. what are you going to choose? You're going to, our public, is our supporters are too knowledgeable. We know, if it's going to be a rubbish game, we know it's a rubbish game. And if it's raining and there's a reason not to and it's on the box, we're going to choose not to. So mm, yeah. that, until we solve that, people say, oh, play at same time as England, in, uh, English Premiership. They play, you know, they get big crowds. There's 65 million people that live there. 323,000 yeah. people between a zero and 105. How many of those are actually Scarlet supporters? How many of those can actually drive? How many of those actually get there because of work? How many of those can get there because their mates want to come with them? Etc. Etc. It's really difficult, and we yeah. make it difficult because we accept the money. And when Vernon Pugh didn't take the money in 1995 from Sky, the 50 odd, he made a decision because he wanted it terrestrial because we realised how important that would have been at the time to keep junior sections going, to keep the game going, to make sure. And he chose not to take the 50. I think it was. And made that decision, but still, BBC wrote a big check back in the day. They still yeah. write a big check, uh, you know. And Premier Sport still write a big check. Now they get Premier Sport, and everybody else contributes littler checks, but we still can get it. But it's still, it's all, it's all very divided now, isn't it? And it's it's hard for a lot of people also to get those channels to watch it on the TV. Yeah, Welsh language yeah. is always our out and our in because it's great. Because we have our own language, which means there are certain exclusions that allow us to have it on S4C. And they still contribute to the pot. And S4C still want you to watch it on telly. They don't want <laughs> yeah, you to yeah. sit in the stand. They mm, don't. Yeah. In reality, we need a piece of grass with a with one stand, TV facing, uh, with the camera's TV facing that's full. The rest can be anything else. <laughs> well, we spoke are about that. Are <laughs> uh, uh, the Ospreys, they prefer one, if they could put everybody in one stand. You know, average mm. attendance is five, six thousand. Fill everybody yeah. in one stand. Mm. TV facing, put hotel, nightclub, hospital, anything else, anywhere else. At least you've been in Norlos and Helens, you know. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's determined to get something back down at the Norl, honest to God, he is. Every <laughs> week. Saw, Can we play it? The when they got that grant from the FAW and they, had the, and they, saw the, and they put a football pitch there, it was the best thing they ever did. <laughs> It's a it's a fab surface now. It wasn't like that back in the day for sure. Oh, I tell you what, yeah. So, Rupert, we, we we we're coming to the end of your your ties. I got I got one question left to ask you, right? So, and it goes right back to the the bit of the start about you playing Australia. So, Yayan Evans goes through, right? And he scores that try, and he puts yeah. the ball down. Yeah, you you know what's coming, all right? Yeah, and you go up to celebrate with Yayan Evans. What the fuck happened there? What, what was that? Yayan Evans we, says that that was all your idea. Yeah. yeah, it was. And we, and that's when I come back to the, the confidence of, you know, in that period of time from August to November, we were on fire. You know, we'd beaten Newport by 70 odd. You know, we, as I said, we beat, we'd beaten teams by 30, 40 points. We were playing, keep the ball alive, pass before contact. 
three-second rucks and balls, get it in the way. We had footballers in the team that allowed us to play. So we had a confidence, not an arrogance, and a, but a self-belief. And in the week before, I talked about we had to... Bizarre, I don't know where it came from. I am the man that created celebrations. I am, because there was nothing else. <laughs> in 1992, Saturday the 14th of November, 1992, Rupert Moon created celebrations. And because... <laughs> You, none of you can remember anything free no. at all. No. None of, no, there was none. It wasn't a thing. And I practiced, and I don't know why I did it. And I was saying, we practice in training. And Yayan the Lion, Yayan the chairman of the WIU, and it's his most, it haunts him to this day. It's a, it, the fact that I made him and that he got carried away. And he is a very sensible bloke, to be honest. <laughs> a very sensible bloke. But I got him to do that in that moment of madness where the adrenaline was there. Slapped my chest, jumped up, and we could have broken each other's noses. Well, I would have broken mine for sure. But uh, <laughs> he did it. And as I say, it haunts him. But yeah, so I created the celebration. And from there on in, we did a few other ones in Cardiff. I enjoyed one in Cardiff where I did a, a little bit of a, one of those with Andrew Lamerton. But yeah, so Lamerton. it's all down to me. History. I need to be in Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. It was an absolute oh, pleasure. What everybody says. <laughs> everybody says I didn't invent the dive pass, even though I used to do it a lot. <laughs> uh, Rupert, I, I just want to uh, thank you for coming on tonight, mate. It's been a, a, an absolute pleasure talking with you. And uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, no one's going to see these you. answers anywhere, is it? Yeah. Is it just between us? <laughs> yeah, just us. <laughs> just us. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if, if Twitter get get me and uh, and Instagram get me, look, I was just saying how it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's great. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, you. Do. thank you. Thank you. Sure. Good luck. Good don't stop supporting. Don't stop having opinions. And but always remember, someone has to be in that chair that's making those decisions. And it's easy to go like that when actually you've got to put yourself in there. And I, as I say, the, the majority of the people in that place, I know, and then they're rugby people. They're rugby people like you and me. They just want the best. All we want. Wales to be successful, our clubs to be successful, our regions to be successful. No one is rubbish deliberately. Hmm. Say that as a player. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> on on that mode, Stop, man. Rup, thank you very much, my friend. It's been very good with you this evening. Cheers, much right. appreciated. Cheers, Cheers right. Right. Rupert. Thank you. Bye. 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 Okay. So, Rupert Moon was amazing. Now we get to do our bit. We we get to have a chat about Australia. But before we do that, drink of the week, boys. This is second drink of the week now. Reese must be down to his baby sham now. Are you cracking into the baby sham stash, you, Reese? Uh, nearly. I was thinking about buying a bottle after the one I wasn't there. Like, I was listening to it. I going, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the creature stuff to, to, to drink on the pod. But no, um, <laughs> That's the second time you've had a cobra, and your excuse last time was, I had a curry last night and I've got a couple <laughs> of cobras. <cobras." laughs> I eat a lot of curry. <laughs> uh, Jame, have you got one? Or have you run out of supplies? No, no, I got one. But first of all, can I just say, do you remember when I first came onto this pod and I said, I don't drink? 
on a school night normally. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since I've been yeah. on this pod, I'm drinking every bloody week of the school night, and it's all your fault. <laughs> You're going to turn me into an alcoholic, a lot of you. Uh, I do anyway, dread going uh, to work the next day. I'm going to be honest after that. Yeah. What, what, what turned you was that? Uh, what was that pink uh, side you <laughs> Yeah, the pink Magnus, wasn't it? Yeah, he was um, a rosé Magnus. Yeah, rose, one of the worst, yeah. one of the worst <laughs> alcoholic drinks I've ever had. And it wasn't even mine; it was the wife's. So uh, yeah, I got into big trouble. He's always got to get that in there. Every time he mentions it, oh, was it wasn't worst. mine. Was it wasn't mine. <laughs> right tonight, I got M and S Citrus Pale Ale. Um, it's free Citrus. It's M and S own brand, three point nine mm. Citrus Pale Ale. Pale ale with orange flavouring. That's the description, and um, it's okay. It's fine. Nothing better than that. <laughs> Carwin, what have you got, mate? I have the finest uh, Belgian product of uh, Stella Hartois for this evening, because the only one I could find in the house. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck with Stella tonight. <laughs> so, I've got a bottle of, uh, it's from the Conway Brewery, and it's called Clogwin Gold, a, a golden hoppy ale. That's my uh, my one list. I got it from Tesco's. It's on like a Tesco's kind of craft ale. And um, of all the ones that I've tried on there, it's quite it's quite a crafty way. It's quite cloudy sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm, and yeah. so Looks it cloudy, tastes, yeah. yeah. But it's got that craft kind of taste to it rather than that mass produced stuff so i'm enjoying it i thought it said a happy ale to start with i think that's where i got it it's hoppy it's a hoppy ale i must read it and i thought it said it's a happy ale i thought we'll go with that but no. <laughs> golden why not ale. we'll yeah. wear these glasses yeah so that's that's the admin done who wants to kick off with australia well well <laughs> <laughs> i was here I don't know, like, what uh when Rupert was saying about the things that he thought to the game there, so just coming towards the end of the first half, I was sat right in front of the scrums by the try line and the ref kept on blowing penalty, penalty, penalty against the Australians. And not once did he go for the yellow card. And it was only then after the break, I think they got yellow carded after that. Mm. And, you know, that was our, our difference for tries there. But I thought there was a couple of players I thought stood out. I thought Gareth Anderson won the game fantastically until he was injured. I thought Dylan Lewis had a fantastic... I was watching him in, you know, in the first half because they were running my direction and he was smashing into people. And, uh, you know, obviously Jack Morgan and Alan Wynn. I thought Rio had a good game. I thought uh, Joe Hawkins had a great game. Joe Hawkins, you yeah. Know? yeah. And, you know, yeah. other players did stand out, you know, Ken Owens and whatever. But, that, that, but for, for other players who were younger coming through... I thought there were some, some good games. There were some good uh, plays there with the boys. Like I thought they did very well. Um, but again, like this. Well, went wrong then. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, went wrong. Well, like I, said, I was sitting there. I sat there and I said, I said, uh, uh, I think my wife sitting next to me said, we can put 50 points on them, yeah? I said, it's mm. on. Yeah. And then we took those boys off and it all went pear shaped. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, oh no, oh no, it's Australia. Anything can happen, it's Australia. Mm. And it did. How many times have we lost to Australia like that, right, in the last minute? Like, it was... Oh, yeah. just, but it was... It was, it was but, like, before, we've, like, defended well, and a, a player like Curly Beale has, like, uh, got through in the corner or something like that, isn't it? And, and, and this time, there was just that sense of foreboding, that sense that this was... 
we're going to lose this, even when we were quite far ahead in our second half, because the way we were playing, I don't know what sort of half-time speech Pivac gave, uh, but and, and the decision to take, you know, we, we mentioned it with Rupert, uh, we mentioned it a little bit now, like, it took all the leaders off, and everybody with that experience, or, or could, you know, um, you know, start you know, barking orders at players that would listen to them, were gone. Like, do you mean, and it's just, oh... Mm. Yeah, and well, but that's what... about producing the experience of the younger lads, and isn't it? like like he said, you know, they've got to go through that pain to learn. But then, well, the, you, know... you know, this is what I said last week. You, you could have had Ken Owens on to start. Yeah, Ken Owens plays forty minutes, and you bring Elias on, and you play um, what's his name? The Newport um second row, James. What's the Newport second row? Ben Carter. He could have played first half. He comes off at half time, and you bring Alan Wynn on. Yeah, so you're, you're giving young players, your younger players, the experience, but you're still maintaining the, the the continuity of experienced players around them. And what we did was we put all the experienced players on to start with, and then we took them all off, and it just didn't make sense to take those players off. And then Anscombe was was injured, and and you're just sitting there and you're going like, this is all turning to shit this is all going wrong and you could feel it and you could see it on the pitch and there wasn't a way back, you know? There wasn't an obvious way of let's rectify this by doing something, you know? And I, I, I agree with you, but about, you know, you have to go through the pain sometimes to, to you know, you can't crack eggs and make omelets and all that kind of stuff. You, you have to to go through the hard bits in order to to develop yourself as a player. Um, yeah, that was hard. That was hard you have to, to go through the hard bits, but you have to go through the hard bits with a with a game plan, isn't it? You know, that's why we bring through what were you seen in the last Absolutely. podcast? Yeah. Yeah. In like uh, like two young players. Who was I listening to? Like it was you, wasn't it? I said two young players every season or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The teams with all that experience, rather than taking all the experience off and just giving them tackle practice because that's all it was. It wasn't giving them the experience of like a game plan. Uh, well, they would have, you know, they would have had that in training, but you need that leader on the pitch to be able to direct them to be able to do that. To get, you know, even if they lost, um, you know, they lost with a with a, a forward route. You know, a thing like we were trying to do this, it didn't come off for these reasons, rather than just being torn into by a, a superior side, which it was at the end, wasn't it? Like, you know, we'd lost the players. We've um we've got to put this defeat into context, boys, and there's some painful facts that's got to be said about it. Okay, so the fact of the matter is, we conceded a 21 point lead yep. against a, a down and out and depleted Australia team. Right before this game, Australia had 40 players unavailable. Okay, the Sydney Morning Herald reported that Dave Rennie had 40 players not available to him, and that was a combination of injuries and unavailability. Right, that wasn't an Australia A team, a B team. That was a D team, quite frankly. Yeah, there were players in there who I never even heard of before, and I watch a fair bit of Super Rugby. Okay, and with twenty five minutes left to play, Wales Wales were in control. Right, they were in complete control. Oh, they were absolutely. With twenty five minutes left on the clock, we were thirty four thirteen up. Yeah. Okay, with fifteen minutes left, even now with fifteen minutes left. We were 34-18 up. 
Mm. We should have gone on to win that game. Yeah. And to quote Lee's favorite expression, we shit the bed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because because Mate, we, we, we were left down. <laughs> we, we, we completely imploded and shit the bed against a depleted, tired Australia team. And there were two really key moments in that match that really tipped the the scale in favor of Australia, right? Justin Tipperick's yellow card on 67 minutes, he tripped up Pete Samu. I mean, why? Why did he do it? There was absolutely no need to do it. And I know that, Lee, you questioned Justin Tipperick being captain, didn't you? I, I remember you saying you had mm-hmm. some concern. I think in hindsight, maybe it was the wrong decision to select Tipperick as captain. I don't think it's been a success, if I'm he's honest. Not a I think he's not a deity player, though, is he? He's, no, no, I'm not, not, I'm not saying he's not Carwin, but I, I think looking back over the course of the games, I'm not saying he's a deity player, but I don't think his leadership was there. And I would think looking back now, maybe we should have given it to Ken Owens or someone else. Yeah. I, you know, it was just it was a surprising decision at the time. We was all surprised when Tippett was named captain, wasn't we? Yeah. And I think now was it the right call? Not for me. And Can then I of course just... Ryan. Go intervene on, at that point. Can I just put on record? Jamie's just said I was right. Carry on, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very that, that, that's, that's what I'm here to There we go. My time done. I'm off. <laughs> it made your night. Fair enough. And then it's the other key um, critical moment was, of course, Ryan Elias with that yellow card. Um, five minutes left, he took down the line out and we conceded a penalty try. So, Two moments there where Wales really shit the bed, and that's what drew Australia back into it. And you know, from then on, but I, I just, you know, I, I sat there watching in a pub, and I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe how we imploded oh, yeah. the way we did. I mean, you know, we've seen Wales do this kind of thing before, but if you're, you can't concede a twenty-one point lead against a team like that at home. Well, look, and it just sums I, up the year, doesn't it, for Wales? You know, that's three wins now at the twelve. And, but, but I'm no going to take us. Job is untenable. I'm going to take us into an alternate reality now, okay? And quote Baldrick from Blackadder, where Pivak has a cunning plan. You know, we are playing Australia. We're playing Georgia. Rupert Moon mentioned Fiji and Portugal. Those four teams are in our group coming to the next World Cup, and we've when we've played absolute shite. And you know, he had those eight weeks. He's he's cap players. He's got a load of boys now who have been used to the setup within the squad. They'll come in, eyes open, into eight weeks training, hopefully uninjured. And come the World Cup, we're going to get stuck in. I'm not too sure about the Six Nations just yet, but uh, you know, I think that's the cunning plan. Take everyone by surprise under the, under the radar. Yeah, but the thing is, Pivaka loses his job because of it. Because mm. his position is looking untenable. We still don't know for sure if he's going to keep his job or not, do we? Well, that's you know? why we, the fact we that said... he's lost la- lasted this long is worrying to me. Yeah, <laughs> Carwin's Sorry, changed. Sorry, boys, that's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> it was a damn sight oh, there for a couple of seconds. <laughs> Reese is saying hello. Yeah, I think the key bit now is whatever. You know, that's why we moved the, the this pod. We split the pod because there was so much to talk about this week, and we said well, we'd do it later because we were expecting a decision on Pivac, and I think. You know, I, I've been saying on social media for a while now that that one, if he if he does go, we need to do it the right way, and and by that I mean us as fans. You know, I, I've seen 
people putting up bloody photos of a noose and this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, oh, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, I, yeah, I, I'm critical of it, but when you get and, stuff like that and personal comments, just forget it. Well, that's, that's what I mean. We, we, we still got to, like, like Rupert Absolutely. said, you know, nobody's trying to do a shit job. He may well, it might not be working out for him now. doesn't mean he's a bad person. Doesn't mean of course not, he, no. It just means that it hasn't worked out worked for out. him there. But what I think happens needs to happen now, and this is where I, you know, I keep talking about leadership. If he stays, yeah, there's two scenarios. He stays or he goes. There is no in-between on that, yeah? If he stays, then there needs to be a clear understanding of, you know, like we've given X amount of people... Uh, thing. I've got my squad of 40, you know, I've got 40 players in my head, and I'm just going to stick to those 40 players up until the World Cup, and that's it. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, got an injury. Got, yeah. He's, he's got to start building confidence in uh, yeah, supporters' confidence in him that this is the plan, this is what I've done up till now, it hasn't worked, but this is the plan going forward, and to make this work, this this is the changes that we're making. If he goes, whoever comes in has got to have a similar plan and they have got to be lightning from the start. And if so, if he does go and somebody does come in, it will go back to Warren Ball. And we as supporters need to be prepared for that. And that may not come off, you know, because, yeah, Warren Ball worked in year one. It didn't work again for a while after and it kept going up and down and up and down and people would work us out. So... You know, I think getting rid of him, bringing Gatlin back in, if that happens, we need to be realistic about is that going to actually work? Again? Yeah. No, I think they, I think I they need to stick with him. To... Sorry, Carrie. Right. I'm just saying I think they need to stick with Piva. He's rode it this far. No, I, 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 can't, I can't see it like that. You see... Uh... Yeah, right. Warren Ball, yeah, people work this out, but people work out all international sides unless they really, really dominate all the time. Uh, and one thing you will do is steady the ship. One thing that was a problematic mm. wasn't it, was the collapse. Um, Wales is playing like the regions, isn't it? We were speaking on the last podcast about uh, all the regions, uh, having a bit about them, having a fight about them, but also having like patches I won't mention Cardiff. Um, we weren't talking about the region. The rest of us were talking about the regions. You were talking about Cardiff. No, 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 no. Not, not tonight, Reese. You had your moment. All the regions have flashes of brilliance. All the regions, and that it, that feels like Wales. The way Wales are playing now, we are you know flashing. Well, we're in the first half of, of, of dominant, um, intelligent well-played rugby, and then it went to absolute shit. The collapse was just... That's what's so distressing, isn't it? And something that we might get from Warren, it's not even definite, but we're all sort of bereft with the performances that we've been seeing, aren't we? Like, isn't it? And want something different. And whether that's Warren Ball or or, or not, one thing that Warren will do is come in and galvanise like the set piece and an approach and bring in... Uh, an idea of what everybody's going to do, which I don't feel we've got at the moment. Nobody knows. And we were talking about what is the pattern of Welsh rugby? You know, what is the plan? What is the direction? What's the game plan? What's the game plan? I've been asking that for months. We'll have a game plan. You know, that for me as a supporter, it makes me feel 
comfortable, they must come in at the top. But then Warren Gatlin isn't a coach. Warren Gatlin's a coach director. Okay. Warren Gatlin brings in coaches around him that he knows are good, people like Sean Edwards and Rob Howley. Yeah. But he'll bring him in and he'll say, I want us to do this. This is the plan that I want to work to. I want them to be, you know, a certain set of skill sets. I want them to be at a certain fitness level. What do we need to do to make that happen? And he'll coordinate five or six coaches and he'll motivate the players. Yeah. And to in order for that system to work, you have to have coaches available. You know, his his coaching team didn't come together for two or three seasons. You know, he he took Howley with him from Wasps and then he yes. kind of added to it and added to it and added to it until it was there to to turn around now and say, right, okay, come in and do that. Does he come in and, and keep, you know, Jonathan Humphreys and Stephen Jones and all of this, you know, with all the flack flying around about them? Or, you know, if he's going to bring a coaching team in, who, you know, who's going to come in and know how he works and put that system in place in under twelve months. And if it if it does if he does come in and he says, right, okay, I need to bring players in, I can guarantee you those players are getting taken out of regions a lot more than they would have done previously. We will see them and that's 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 the price that regions are gonna pay over the next twelve months if that comes in or it doesn't or whatever. It's gonna be really, really difficult one way or another. The WRU are going to want um, regional players with them more than they are with regions, and with all the stuff that we're going through as regions at the minute, that just feels like a, a, a shit twelve months ahead. To, that, to... That's no, what yeah. it brings in the that's sixty cap rules. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah, that's what it brings in the, the sixty cap thing, and I, I don't know what way they have around it. You know, I think they should scrap it, and I think now this is just my personal opinion. A lot of people. Different than me, I'm sure. No. But, I disagree um, with that. But yeah, go on. Then. Tell me why you I think agree. you should. Yeah, should scrap so it. My, my reasoning is, you know, let the lads go and play in leagues where or in teams where they're winning. And now, obviously, with not everyone for Wales is going to go to England or France or wherever. So let those players who have been selected or paid to go and play for these teams go. Still select them for Wales. Still make them available, and then. Like some of the regions are at the moment, they are bringing in overseas players, not too many. But I, I'm, and this is where it comes to the money again. So I don't know where the money would come from. But then you're having younger players in that team playing with some Welsh, Welsh internationals in that team, in that region, but also overseas players bringing that different experience, a different mindset, and turning them into winning competitive regions. But you still get to select these lads who've gone off and gained more experience in winning teams. In bigger leagues, you know, I, I don't think it's doing the service to, to Wales or to the regions. I think it might enhance it. Is it. Still, no, it is. It is doing a disservice. I'll tell you why, Carrie, is because Pivak has spoke about this around Gatland. When players play outside Wales, they miss twenty five percent of the training sessions, and that's a problem. They lose access and control over these players. So when people talk about, you know, it, it's detrimental to the regions. This whole sixty cap thing is not really about the regions. It's about yeah. Team Wales. It's about them having control and full access to the players. And they don't want players going back and forth, missing training sessions. They want to keep them in camp and have that control and access. We've heard Wayne Pivak say before, haven't we, about the longer time we spend together, the better we are. 
And I think if you get players just going off you there and everywhere, I don't think it's helpful to Welsh rugby. I, I do agree what you're saying about different cultures and everything. And, you know, players can play outside Wales, but they have to have 60 caps. And I do think, you know, there are pros and cons to it. Don't get me wrong. It may need tweaking. It's not perfect. But I do think we need some sort of system. We can't just let players go off. and Because what, what good is that going to do the regions? What good is that going to do Team Wales? I, how is that then? It's got to be written into the contract. If that were to happen, it's got to be written into the contract. There's no guarantee that will happen. No, I, I know. The clubs don't have to agree to it. No, the clubs don't have to agree to it. The big money comes in. Yeah. Why would the English clubs agree to that? They're paying the wages. They don't have to agree to it. Why would they agree It depends on the player, though, isn't it? If they are like a top... Well, it depends on the club. It depends on the club. Then they would have to... They've got more sort of leverage then with the contract. Northampton had to pay for George North. They had to pay that. They got fined. They got fined. Yeah. yeah, clubs ain't going to get fined. No. You know, but, so, so, but so what would the answer be? Would you drop it down to 30, 30 caps? See, I, I would. This is what I said earlier. I would drop it to thirty if they're playing inside the URC, so you can see them regularly. You, 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 you know, you've got a bit more contact with them, and I would do that provided that there's an agreement. With between ourselves, ourselves, Ireland, Scotland, Italy, you know, but South Africa. Well, yeah, but provided they stay inside the URC, then and they're released for for training sessions. You know, I think that's an easier manage than uh, Gallagher Premiership. We've got no say whatsoever in Gallagher Premiership or French Fourteen. Yeah, if the WRU goes to Gallagher Premiership and says, you know, we're going to release our 60 cap rule, provided you let us have players back, they're going to stick two fingers up and go, no, you know, at least within the URC, there's some kind of, you know, incentive to listen to what the WRU says. And there is an ability then to move around to Scotland, Ireland, you know, wherever. And, And I think that's a compromise where you could reduce it to, say 30 so if you're 30 caps you could play within the urc um and if you want to play outside the urc then it's 60 you know we say it's a compromise but my honest opinion is and and i think a lot of this revolves around whether pivac stays or goes if pivac goes and somebody new comes in then you have to suspend that 60 cap rule for 12 months and you say, right, this is up until the next World Cup, we are going to select outside the 60 cap rule, but after the World Cup. So everybody knows if you're signing a contract, after the World Cup, 60 cap comes back in, just to give but it But if you look at our 60 cap rule, right, let's put this into perspective now. In England, you play outside England, you don't get selected, don't matter how many caps you got. In Ireland, you go outside Ireland, you don't get selected. Ours is actually got more lenience. Yeah. yeah, but we got more lenience here. We're saying yes, yeah. you can go abroad, but you've got to have those sixty caps. Yeah, the setup almost... in those countries, though, for those players are a lot different. We've just been like moaning about, you know, like the fact that none of us have got, um, you know, that's why Will Rowlands might be leaving, isn't it? Like, you know, if they're gonna stay in Wales, then they have to be like, they have to have jobs, they have to have uh, definite pay, they yeah. have to have. Good work. None of us in our jobs would accept the conditions as some of the professional yeah. players. I, I'm not saying by any means it's 60 cap rule. Got to have those conditions in place. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying it's perfect by any means. I'm not. There are, like I said, there are pros and cons. I completely get the points of Coward is making. I get the points you're making. 
But what I'm saying is we have to have something in place because yeah. we can't just let all our best players leave Wales. We can't. I'm sorry, we can't. I don't agree with that. You know, that's my just yeah. my personal opinion. But I think it I might be tweaking somewhere. You know, maybe like you said, Lee, maybe regional penises now need to come into it. I don't know, mm. but we can have a, this Will Rowland situation, by the way. I'm really upset and angry about it. Mm. I'm really mm. proper pissed yeah. off. We had Nigel Walker last night on Twitter. Mm. You showed you contradic- contradicting the Dragons. Dave Flanagan has come out. He said, we can't offer any contracts to these players. Well, Nigel Walker said, well, yeah, there's a contract on the table. So who's telling Porkies? You know? Mm. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. This needs to get sorted now. There are players out of contract, those squad players who are not internationals. They don't know if they're going to have jobs tomorrow. It's it's got to be solved. It's ridiculous. This can't carry on. So to round this up, gents, because I we know where this one's going, yeah, and that's going to open a whole other box of fireworks. So we'll save that box of fireworks for for next week, yeah. But, <laughs> well, it, it, you know, we're, we're Welsh rugby fans, and and yeah, it is where you when sure. you open when you set the fireworks alight, it does. It, it's emotional. Yeah, well, it is. Uh, well, and that's why we do this as fans, isn't it? So the good bit is we don't have an international game to do predictions for this week. So me and research, you know, Scott <laughs> Free, we're sorted. No special brew for us. Uh, yeah, well, we need we need to introduce. To be fair to Carwin, yeah. So what we're going to do now, Carwin? We decided yeah. this unanimously. We thought you'd vote for it, so we just went, yeah, that'll that'll do. Okay, cool. So. When we do our weekly predictions of you know who's going to win and what the scores are going to be, whoever turns up uh, the worst in those score predictions gets their drink of the week chosen for them by the other three of us. Okay. So Reese was shitting himself on my. <laughs> I think I am the worst. Have we made? Have we kept a record of all our predictions? I've, 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 got, the, <laughs> I've got the spreadsheet set up, ready to do it. And, and now? every now and again, I sit down and I'll go right. Okay, I'm going to go right back to week one and start filling it oh. in. And I usually he's got some time on his hands, hasn't he? No, well, that's it. I haven't got the time. I'm what is it you do, Lee? I'm like I'm four weeks behind my open university course already. I've got to try and find a way of catching. Oh, up. never mind, Dad. Constantly, I've got some spreadsheets. I've got to get my predictions. Uh, on that note, gents, I think we'd leave it there um, for this evening. It's been a pleasure as always. I well, thought Rupert I... Moon was fantastic. And uh, can I just I say one last thing, Lee? Go on, then. The great Bon Jovi, keep the faith. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good Lord, how much have you been drinking? Right. It's a bit back, isn't it? <laughs> He's on the stellar, man. He's on the stellar. <laughs> Gents, we will uh, we'll do it again next week and uh, say hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got a, a, a pretty... Um, a pretty important, a pretty amazing guest again for for next week. People keep wanting to come on, gents. What can I say? You know, they've they've obviously heard about Reese's well, baby sham stash. Apart, so. apart from why do you have to? Why that, bring that? That just made the editing a lot more difficult. Yes, I'm shaking. I'll have this edited tonight. This will be bang. This will be out. This will be ready for the morning. Ah, oh, bastard. <laughs> Right, on that note, gents, um, <laughs> thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch up again next week. All the best, gents. Always Have been a, a pleasure. Week. Take care. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. 
Thank you for listening to this week's show. We hope you enjoyed it enough to come back next week and listen again. So please do subscribe, rate, and review the pod as it really helps us on most of the platforms that we appear on. You can keep the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook by searching for us on RAP, W-R-R-A-P. Or you can email us on Welsh Regional Rugby Pod at Gmail. Dot com. We'll be back next week to do some more of the same. We hope you'll come and enjoy us. And in the meantime, enjoy your rugby. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.